welcome back to Diary of an Asian Millennial podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Brene Brown. Oh my, thank you so much, Brene, for being on our show. <laughs> okay, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. We wish in our dreams. Oh. Brene Brown is not here with us, but we so wish she was here with us because we just love her work. For anybody who don't know Brene Brown, she is a research professor at the University of Houston, and she studies courage, shame, empathy, and vulnerability. The topic and the theme of this episode today. It's all good stuff that we want to delve into and topics that we want to learn more of. And um, I think today we're just going to keep an open mind, an open heart, and try to learn from each other more about what we know about vulnerability and what we don't know. So Lou, Lou, you're the one who introduced Brene Brown to us and we're like kind of obsessed with Brene now. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what else do you know about Brene? She has like two podcasts as well. And I think um, that's where I first kind of heard about her. And uh, one of her two podcasts, it's called Dare to Lead. And then the other one is Unlocking Us. Um, She often features like uh, her sisters also on Unlocking Us uh, on the podcast. And they make a great team. So let's start by defining vulnerability or, you know, talk about what does vulnerability mean to each of us? To me, it basically kind of means like exposing your weaknesses, but like not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people usually say weaknesses, like, oh, it's like a bad thing, but it's like you're exposing it, but kind of in a good way. Mm-hmm. I think for me, before learning, before seeing the definition by Brene, I just thought of vulnerability as like showing a side of you that you hold back from showing other people and that it's very hard for you to show that side of you. Um, because it's you're afraid of judgment from those around you and because you think it's kind of like a weakness yeah like you think it's bad that if they know they might take advantage or something Mm -hmm. it's yeah very similar way of also uh how I thought of vulnerability before like originally um I was under the impression that vulnerability meant uh you know to be honest about your flaws even though people might judge you for it and not necessarily in the good way Um, So like in that sense, being vulnerable wasn't something that I would necessarily be very open or comfortable doing. And like growing up, there's really no like there's no such thing as kind of being vulnerable um, in our household. It was kind of like equated to weakness or like being super sensitive if you were vulnerable. And like with like my parents, they always had to be like kind of strong having this you know strong front even though I know they weren't always necessarily that way because you know we're all human um they 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 grew up in a family where like talking about things that required vulnerability um it wasn't part of the norm and it just wasn't part of the culture and also partly because they were constantly worried about finding means to an end to like you know find their next meal or dealing with like wars when they were children but Anyways, um, now having seen Brene's kind of work and her research and talks and her books, I've come to realize that like being vulnerable is actually really important. It's really important to to connect with your inner self and with others. But anyway, yeah, for sure. Let's let's take a look at what um, or how Brene defined vulnerability. So she says vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Yeah, we have the right idea um, of what vulnerability is, 
And then she says, it's that unstable feeling we get when we step out of our comfort zone or do something that forces us to loosen control. Yeah. So that's really powerful. Can we think of any examples where like we felt this way or like, in other words, give an example of like when we felt vulnerable. Yeah. Before I get to like what I was going to say is my example. Some of the things that um, Brene was mentioning in like her book, for example, Daring Greatly, um, she was saying, cause she surveyed a whole bunch of people on what vulnerability means to them. And they got some of these as examples, like being vulnerable is, you know, the first date after my divorce mm. or trying to get pregnant after having a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Saying I love you first. Yes. Um, sitting with my wife who has stage four breast cancer, trying to make mm-hmm. plans for our toddlers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You know, one of the things I loved about Brene is how her examples gave a really good um, understanding of the concept, the mm-hmm. concept of vulnerability. Indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you, you had an example, Cindy, of something in your own life? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, the example that I was going to say is just um, bringing my whole self to this podcast. Uh. So yeah, like I would have never had the courage before to be able to, you know, produce a podcast with you ladies, or even think about kind of putting my voice out there for the for the public to hear, it, it, you know, cause like until I like you, you hear these voices in your head, you know, telling you that, you know, you should just stay, stay quiet, stay in the shadows, but then you kind of have to like stomp those voices out and realize like, you know, I want to be able to speak and speak to others from this lens that, you know, through the lens of an Asian Canadian woman to help other people who can relate with my experiences and to know they're not alone, that their voice is important and unique and it matters. And that's, not something that I would have been comfortable doing uh, in a previous version of myself. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad we're on this journey together. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, for me, like, I feel like I show a lot of vulnerability with like my relationship with my significant other. So like, you know, we do have like, you know, our ups and our downs. And like, whenever we have those down moments, it just makes me feel like super far away from the relationship. So we try to talk about it. We try to communicate about it. And um, that forces us to bring up things that, you know, I don't want to talk about like certain problems and um, but like you have to, but you have to, you want to work on it together and there's your courage. Exactly. Right. And so that is what brings us even closer together at the end of the conversation. So, you know, I love that you bring this up because Brene mentions how vulnerability is what's going to help us bring ourselves back together. Yes. It is like the key to connection, like really mm. true, deep connection. It's kind of like if you have such a high ego, you're just going to kind of be pushing people further away from you versus bringing people to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that uh, in friendships, right? Sometimes for me, it's very hard to show vulnerability, you know? Like, for example, if they're doing something and an I, don't like it, it's hard for me to communicate that, hey, I didn't like that you said that, or I didn't like that you did that. You just feel like, oh, I can't really show my true side to them because what if they, they're not going to like me and they're not going to want to be my friend anymore? Like you're just fearing that rejection. You constant, like you don't want to show the weak side of you. And I mean, I don't want to call it weak, but it's more like you don't want to show 
you know, the side of you that you don't want to show them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think now at this age for me, I'm getting better at talking to friends about, you know, things that I don't normally talk about earlier on in our relationships. Um, and then showing a side of me that I haven't shown before. Yeah. I would say that, um, it is definitely vulnerability comes in like layers and it doesn't come easy at least for me and it's though necessary for example like in a friendship where you start off kind of proportionally being vulnerable like you wouldn't you know go full out or even in a romantic relationship if you're first seeing someone you wouldn't go full out like uh, telling their whole your whole life story to that person and very extremely personal things straight away from the get-go because that's maybe like a red flag um yeah (laughs) yeah. it's it, it comes in layers and obviously there are certain boundaries you have to maintain and eventually being vulnerable with that person. It's like a privilege that that person is able to hear your story. You're not just going to be vulnerable with anyone. It comes with, you know, building that trust that you have with that person over time. Oh, absolutely. You know how everyone has different like personality types and there's going to be people who are uh, a little bit needier and clingier versus other people who are more, um, like, you know, the attachment style is more avoidant when it comes to personal uh, close relationships. And I, I think for people who are more avoidant and like, for example, like myself, I think that I'm more of a naturally avoidant type of person. I'm not, I'm not super like warm and huggy and feely, like right away with someone I don't necessarily know. And it takes maybe me even longer than the average person to like really start to warm up to you and get to know and like open up myself to that person maybe then for the average person but once you do get to that point with whoever's you know privileged to be in that in that position as a friend or romantic partner uh, or in your family it's really rewarding for both parties I think yes to be vulnerable with each other and like you know how Linda you were saying in like let's say with like you and Kevin, you know, you go through your ups and downs and uh, it's really hard to, but like after talking about it and being vulnerable with each other, like it, you're able to like kind of come to a better understanding about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just brings us closer together at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really important in, in a, in a relationship to be yeah. able to sustain it over time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being vulnerable is definitely very good Mm-hmm. It is necessary and it is not weak. You're being courageous. You are being brave. You're putting yourself out there and love that person and have them love you back with the risk that, you know, they could do something with it, but you're just going to have to trust and trust in the process that they're not going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a question though, and this is something that I've been thinking about. Do you think that uh, honesty and truth is interchangeable with vulnerability? Like I feel like vulnerability could also mean like living your truth. Yeah. I don't think it's the same quite, um, quite so where it's like, you can kind of use them interchangeably. Uh, I do think though one comes with the other, like you can be vulnerable and then it's, uh, like if you're being truly vulnerable, there is a sense of being honest about it and being truthful with your experience, but then the reverse might not necessarily be true because you can also be honest and truthful, but not necessarily vulnerable in that way. Like just 
providing honest feedback to someone else's to someone else uh, on their work or something but you don't have to be mm-hmm. vulnerable about just giving them feedback um that makes so, sense yeah that makes so sense. not interchangeable kind of like kind of like you can't have courage without vulnerability like the two kind of go hand in hand yes that is hand in hand I would say so what can we do like like right now to start showing vulnerability or like you know putting our armor down so to speak um, and then let others see other sides of us. Watch Brene Brown's Netflix special, The Call to Courage, would be my first step. Oh, okay. I thought you were just about to quote her. No, just like watch oh, this, the Netflix special if you, yeah, like just. To oh, kind of, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It will change your life. I guarantee it. Actually. Yes. It changed mine. Yeah. Um. From Renee's talk, the best place to start is dispelling the myths, right? And like mm-hmm. the biggest myth is like, you know, vulnerability equals weakness. weakness. But it's not. Honestly, watching her Netflix took me way faster to get to wrap that around my head than if I were to sit down and do it myself. <laughs> like I, I never thought of vulnerability as not weakness. Do you know what I mean? Like I always thought That's- a part of weakness is there, like no matter what. But now I'm just like, no, it's not. It's 100% courage related. And it doesn't mean winning or losing. Like it just means you're understanding the necessity of both of those things. And you're engaging in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Join the other folks in the arena. Like if you watch the special, you'll know what I'm referring to. But (laughs) yeah, and just engage and go all in. But it does start within like kind of from within yourself first kind of being honest with yourself and being true to who you are and also not expecting rather than like you know not being someone who you think other people are expecting you to be just mm-hmm. you know or based on societal pressures you know got to be yourself and accept that you're going to fail if you're going to be a part of the arena and play that's right i feel like a lot of people just overthink situations in their lives too much and they do what, what Brene calls um, dress rehearsing tragedy, right? Like you're just overthinking the worst outcome, but you don't know what the out- outcome is. You have no control of the outcome. So why put yourself into that mental state of mind? So, oh yeah. And that brings me to the, this other concept that Brene brings up, which is um, joy. When you, you know, overthink and like, you're not being vulnerable, you're just removing the joy. From your life and joy is the most vulnerable of all human emotions and you know we're actually very scared of feeling joy like we're terrified of it the reason why is because we think that the moment we feel joy the next moment something bad is bound to happen and take that away from us right and so like we we don't want to feel that pain and that trauma and the loss and so we we just kind of like block it Yeah. And that's also kind of similar to like vulnerability and experiencing love and heartbreak. Some people are not willing to get to that level of vulnerability with the person, let's say that they're romantically in love with um, and they hold back so that they protect themselves from Mm -hmm. potential heartbreak, but they'll never be able to experience this deeper level of connection and love with that person. And they'd rather I mean, I would rather, sorry, I would, I would rather love and risk heartbreak than to never have loved at all. You know, like that quote. 
Yes. Um, Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that quote. It's one of those like timeless ones from Renee's talk. She brought up practicing gratitude in order to make room for that joy in your life. And yes. typically when you, when you practice gratitude more, like that's, that's being vulnerable in and of itself. Right. And, and surprisingly, like gratitude is for some people, um, it's a lot harder to do after our dog died. Still to this day, I feel like, like, I feel like it's so hard for me to practice gratitude, to make room for more joy. Like there's just, it's just so much regret, like feelings of regret that you don't even have room to um, be, you know, grateful for anything. There is a book written by Daniel Pink, and I haven't read it yet, but it is called The Power of Regret and How How Looking Backward Moves Us Forward. And mm. feeling regret isn't necessarily a bad thing at all. It actually does help you move forward. I don't exactly know how the mechanisms work, but um, if it's of interest, it's something that might, might be worth reading. I'm going to read it. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting book because I'd like to think about, I'd like to see how things that we regretted doing or not doing really can impact our future. Yeah, I I think I can certainly relate to that book because for me, like my experience was different where like, yes, I did feel the regret, but at the same time, I felt this profound gratitude wash over me. Something just clicked, you know, and it just, I'm just way more grateful for for a lot of the ordinary things that happen in life Mm -hmm. as opposed to the extraordinary things because so much of what I miss about Kiki has to do with the ordinary things. It is those little ordinary things that you do miss when you lose someone that you just kind of wish. And um, like, I think Renee mentioned a couple of things like of, of families and stories that she's heard from other people about how like they just wished that, you know, their son who passed away from cancer would just slam that screen door. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Uh, even though it was kind of annoying when he was doing it but they kind of they miss that now because he's not there anymore to do it yeah when when people go through loss it's hard to console somebody because everybody's experience with it is so different but Brene was saying that one thing she found in her study that was consistent across the board is the idea of gratitude they want to see other people being grateful as well Because when other people show them that they are grateful, it shows that their pain is being understood. Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense. but Yes. Um. I think it's just important to note that like vulnerability is not the amount of disclosure. Like vulnerability is disclosure. Like you don't measure vulnerability by the amount of disclosure. Yeah, because she is the example of like, uh, you don't just, tweet your live bikini wax on Twitter and call it like, yeah, being vulnerable. Yeah. You don't publicly talk about your divorce on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you measure it. So you measure vulnerability by the amount of courage to show up and be seen when you can't control the outcome. Yes. I don't know about you ladies, but like, did you ever have a like grapple with that? Like grapple with being seen like you kind of almost wanted to not be seen and kind of blend in the shadows or like for me it was very much I like almost kind of wanted to be very covert very undercover very yeah not seen like for me even though like I work in social media I I try not to um talk about my personal life 
it's just like just work right Mm -hmm. but then on TikTok I feel like you have to you have to show some kind of vulnerability, right? So that you can kind of gain. No, but that's not really vulnerability. That's not, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's just like just putting, exposure. Yeah. yeah. Exposing yourself. But in a, but at the same time, just like in a natural way. That Like that's just part of your job. Like mm-hmm. you're just exposing different sides of you so that mm-hmm. um, you can connect better with your yeah. audience, mm-hmm. right? It's not so much like, because for like, because vulnerability is really about courage. Right. And like, it's it's tough it's tough being it's supposed to be tough Mm -hmm. being vulnerable which is like when you have those hard conversations with your significant other right Mm -hmm. so yeah I guess like also just also wanting to get like you know have other people get to know you in a better way in a different way Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no which is also can be vulnerable right um depending on what you choose to share you know, I feel like in this day and age, like, it's just so hard to show vulnerability sometimes because like everybody's just striving for like perfection. Mm-hmm. So it's just hard to like put down that wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even like perfectionism itself is like very dangerous and it, it will definitely be a barrier to uh, showing vulnerability because when you're when you're trying to be perfect or kind of give off it's a perception right that you want people to perceive you as a perfect person no flaws but at the core of it all you're just trying to get their approval and acceptance by trying to be perfect but rather than that you should just realize that you don't need to be per- like be perceived as perfect it's so exhausting right yeah because you're basically putting up a shield right to have to have yeah. this like perfect image and it's very exhausting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's also hard to relate to someone who's perfect. It's much easier to relate with someone who isn't perfect and has flaws because we all have flaws. We're human. Yes. And um, something you mentioned, Cindy, sorry, not during this recording, but earlier on, the difficult thing about vulnerability is the first thing I look for in you and the last thing I'm willing to show you. So in you, it's courage and daring. In me, it's weakness. So it's like, we're always looking for vulnerability in others, but we're not willing to show others our vulnerability. Yeah. It's such a weird, like... Paradox. It's so weird. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's something that I'm going to have to consciously work towards at least uh, every day. Yeah. Because I I think we definitely are vulnerable knowingly and unknowingly. Mm-hmm. But it's just a matter of like being conscious now of it. Oh yeah. And like just practicing it more. And practicing it with like the right people. Yeah. Selective with your vulnerability, of course. Mm-hmm. I think we I think we covered everything. Mm-hmm. I hope we did Brene Brown proud. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hope so. But uh yeah, it'd be so cool if she was on the show. But Mm-hmm. alas we'll just have to watch from afar and listen from afar well that's it for this episode everyone thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next month for a brand new episode xoxo oh. damn podcast <laughs>